the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. If you are a believer in Christ, you have experienced that call. It is that inward drawing to Christ. It is a company that call is always accompanied by a God-given ability to respond to the call of salvation. You don't really understand it at the time. You don't know what's really going on, but that's the difference. There is a general call that goes out to everyone. It's an open invitation, and folks, we are to do that to all, regardless of whether they are the elect or not. It would be nice if we had a way to only share the gospel with the elect. We would have a much greater success rate, wouldn't we? But among those not yet saved, only God knows who he has chosen. A while back, I heard Dr. Michael Easley, the president of Moody Bible Institute, comparing himself to Bill Bright. He said Bill Bright could get on a plane and lead everyone to Christ, including the crew, before the plane got to Denver. Then he said that when he himself witnesses, it usually ends up in a fight. Well, maybe a slight exaggeration, but still a good illustration of an important truth. God expects Dr. Easley and us to share our faith no matter how successful we think we are. We have no way of knowing if any one person is among the elect chosen before time to receive salvation. And it's not our job to save them or even to convince them. We are just to give the message and to live our lives in such a way that the message is believable. I'm Peter Silseth. It is great to have you with us in class today. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside for more than 26 years. Now, we at Verse by Verse Ministries have the privilege of making his practical verse by verse messages available to you through this fine radio station. We have been studying for the past week or so Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 15. Jesus, in this passage, was preparing his disciples for their first missions trip, a short trip around Galilee. This doctrine of election is a source of great debate, even among evangelical Christians. One argument against it is that if God had already chosen who will be saved and who will not, what's the point of witnessing at all? Let us listen to what Pastor Steve has to say. Now, folks, these are some very significant truths, and we want to stop here and apply these truths to us because it raises some issues that we all should have a handle on. First of all, what this indicates is that the gospel is to be offered to all people, regardless of whether they are the elect or not. Now, we talk at Lakeside a lot about God's sovereignty in election, and well, we should because the Bible teaches it. But I want you to notice that Jesus sent the apostles out to visit the various homes in Galilee and all the towns and villages, and there were a, there were a lot. 
And he sent them out knowing full well that they would encounter much rejection of the gospel. Knowing full well, because he's God and he knows everything, he knew who the elect were. He knew who would accept him. He knew who would reject him. And yet he didn't tell the apostles who the elect are. He just said, witness to all and you will encounter rejection from some. In fact, most. So Jesus told them to evangelize many who were not the the elect and therefore would not accept Christ. And this is certainly no different from Christ commanding us to evangelize all, to call all to repentance, even though most of the people we we witness to will not respond to that call because they are not the elect. Now, that is a very, very significant truth, and I'll tell you why. Because it raises the question that's even deeper than this, and why evangelize? Why witness when God has already determined who will be saved? And frankly, there are some Christians who have lost their passion for evangelism because of this very issue. So why should we witness in in light of the, the fact that the Bible does teach that God sovereignly chooses some to believe and others he does not? Well, Dr. R.C. Sproul, the well-known theologian of Ligonier Ministries, has addressed this very issue in a wonderful book that he has written called Chosen by God. He addresses the issue by relating an experience that he had in a seminary class when he was a student many years ago. Here's what Dr. Sproul wrote concerning election and evangelism, and I'm just going to read this to you. He said, I will never forget the terrifying experience of being quizzed on this point by Dr. John Gerstner in a seminary class. There were about 20 of us seated in a semicircle in the classroom, and he posed the question, all right, gentlemen, if God has sovereignly chosen or sovereignly decreed election and reprobation from from all eternity, why should we be concerned about evangelism? He writes, I breathed a sigh of relief when Gerstner started his interrogation on the left side of the semicircle since I was sitting on the last seat on the right. I took comfort in the hope that the question would never get around to me. The comfort was short-lived. The first student replied to Gerstner's query, I don't know, sir. That question has always plagued me. The second student said, beats me. The third student just shook his head and dropped his gaze toward the floor. In rapid succession, the students all passed on the question. The dominoes were falling in my direction. Well, Mr. Sproul, how would you answer? I wanted to vanish into thin air or find a hiding place in the floorboards, but there was no escape. I stammered and and muttered a reply. Dr. Gerstner said, speak up. In tentative words, I said, Well, Dr. Gerstner, I know this isn't the answer you're looking for, but one small reason we should still be concerned about evangelism is that, well, uh, you know, after all, Christ does command us to do evangelism. Gerstner's eyes started to flame. And folks, that's not what you want to see in a seminary class. Trust me, you don't want to see that after you respond to a question. But he said, Gerstner's eyes started to flame. He said, ah, I see, Mr. Sproul. One small reason is that your Savior, the Lord of glory, the King of kings, has so commanded it. A small reason, Mr. Sproul? Is it barely significant to you that the same sovereign God who sovereignly decrees your election also sovereignly commands your involvement in the task of evangelism? He writes, oh, how I wish that I'd never used the word small. I got 
Gerstner's point, and I hope we all get Gerstner's point because it is a biblical point since Jesus did command all sinners to repentance, and he calls us to call all sinners to repentance, regardless of whether they are the elect or not. We have no clue who they are. Theologians refer to this as a general call. When we witness to people, that is the general call that invites everyone to salvation, regardless of whether or not they are the elect. We just witness. Now, that's in contrast to another call that theologians call a resistible, an irresistible rather, call, a specific and irresistible call that goes out only to the elect. If you are a believer in Christ, you have experienced that call. It is that inward drawing to Christ. It is a company, that call is always accompanied by a God-given ability to respond to the call of salvation. You don't really understand it at the time. You don't know what's really going on. But that's the difference. There is a general call that goes out to everyone. Then there is that irresistible call that believers experience. In fact, Jesus himself gave this general call to everyone when at the end of Matthew chapter 11 in verse 28, these famous words, he said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Did you notice that? He invites all. It's no different at the end of the book of Revelation. There's an invitation, whosoever will may come. It's an open invitation. And folks, we are to do that to all, regardless of whether they are the elect or not. In fact, this is such a critical issue that there's an offshoot of Calvinism called hyper-Calvinists who do not believe you should ever invite anyone to accept Christ. In, in fact, some years ago, there was a family that left our church over this very issue. And I, I wrote to, to them and call their attention to this very verse in which Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. That's exactly what he meant. He, Jesus had no hesitation in inviting all to salvation. In fact, he gave a parable about this that instructs us. Let's turn to Luke chapter 14. There is a similar parable, though a little bit different in Matthew's gospel, but in Luke 14, it, uh, it, it hammers the point home. The Lord gave a parable about this general call that clearly makes it our responsibility to invite all to salvation. Notice Luke chapter 14, starting at verse 16. But he said to him, a man was giving a big dinner and he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come, for everyone is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. Now notice, these are pathetic, these excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I have need to go out and look at it. Now, is that not pathetic? I'm inviting you to a wedding. You, have to, you bought some rental property. You can't wait till after the wedding. But that's what they said. And another one says, that um, they said, please, please excuse me. Look at verse 19. Another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another pathetic excuse. You can't wait until after the wedding to try out your animals. And who buys animals without knowing whether they're good or not? What farmer would possibly do that? It's a silly excuse. Verse 20. This is probably the worst one. Verse 20, I have married a wife, and for that reason, I cannot come. I don't know if he means she won't let me out of the house or not. I think, um, I don't know what he means. But, uh, you know, a man was exempt from military service for a year when he got married, but, but he wasn't exempt from social, social uh, uh, occasions. 
But this, this guy says, I just got married and I, I, I can't leave. If anyone knows about lame excuses, it's Jesus. I am sure he has heard them all. I recently looked up the word excuse in the Google search engine and came up with over 8 million entries on the Internet. There are countless pages devoted to nothing but excuses. But what did the master in this parable have to say about the people who turned down his invitation? More importantly, what happens to those who ultimately reject the invitation of Jesus to repentance and salvation? And how should we respond to those who refuse to believe? We will get to that after we welcome those of you who just tuned in. It is a pleasure to have you with us. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you are ever in the Clearwater area on a Sunday morning and would like to worship with us, we would love to meet you. Lakeside is at 1893 Sunset Point Road, midway between U.S. 19 and the beaches. Today's class is the middle part of a three-part message, which concludes a series of lessons taken from Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 15. Pastor Steve was just commenting on a parable found in Luke chapter 14 and the incredibly lame excuses given by those who did not want to attend a wedding party. Let's move on now to verse 21. And the slave, verse 21, came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and crippled and blind and and lame. Folks, that's us. That's us. And the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done. And still there is room. And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in. Nobody forced anyone, by the way, to come to this wedding. They didn't physically force them. He means persuade them to come. Said and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Now, in context, he's he's talking about Israel and rejecting the gospel. But the gospel went out to Israel. It goes out to all. But not all will accept it. But the call, and that's the important thing that you get, the call goes out to all. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, there's that great statement, many are called, but few are chosen. But the call goes out to all, and that's that's really, really no different than what Jesus was instructing in Matthew 10, his apostles to do. Go into all of Galilee, go to all the towns and villages, which which was considerable. And, and tell them about me. And if they reject, then they reject. But listen, never let your belief in the doctrine of election lead you to disobey God's command to evangelize the lost. If you do, then you have a distorted and defective theology. You have an unbiblical view of election as well as an unbiblical view of evangelism. God tells us for the very reason that, that John Gerstner in that class told those seminary students, he told, he told them that we are to evangelize even in light of God's election because Christ has commanded it. You, you never want to uh, negate human responsibility because of God's sovereignty. The Bible does not teach that. Now, we may not be able to understand human responsibility in light of divine sovereignty, but we're to obey what God says. And if you, if you take this and say, well, I can't evangelize because God is sovereign and election, well, then you can't pray either. 
And why bother talking to the Lord? Because he knows everything that's going to happen anyway. You, you, can't, you can't do that. You, would, you destroy biblical doctrine. God's business is to elect some. Our responsibility is to evangelize all. And we do it with great confidence that the elect will respond. No one believed more strongly in election, God's sovereignty, than the Apostle Paul. Romans 9, 10, and 11 stress the sovereignty of God. In Romans 9, Paul stresses God's sovereignty in in Israel. But in Romans chapter 10, Paul stresses God's evangelism to the Jewish people and says that his heart breaks over them. And, And if it were possible, he said actually in Romans 9 and Romans 10, he expanded on this, but if it were possible, he'd even, he'd even go to hell if it would result in saving the Jewish people. So, so Paul lays down the great example for us. Strong belief in the sovereignty of God, strong belief in evangelism. Now, that's exactly what Jesus is telling these men to do. Go preach to all. Now, in addition to the thought about offering the gospel to all people, the second thing that strikes me about our Lord's words to his apostles about offering peace to each household and then, and then telling them that they've got to withdraw their offer of peace from those who resist the gospel. Notice this, that, that Jesus actually made it very clear that the apostles were not to stay there and argue endlessly with these rejectors. Now, I think that's fascinating. They were simply told to leave and walk out of the house. Now, the reason I find that fascinating is because there are some Christians who've never learned this. They've never learned when it's appropriate to stop witnessing as far as witnessing to an individual. In fact, some Christians don't think they should ever stop witnessing to an individual. And in their view, given enough time, they can wear somebody down and they're going to do it. They're going to try to do it. They're going to try to wear an individual's resistance of the gospel down by just unloading the Bible on them. They browbeat them with the gospel and figure that eventually this person's got to just give up. Yeah, well, they might say some kind of a prayer to get you out of the house. That's what they might do. So folks like this just continue to unload and unload the gospel on people who don't want to hear it and becomes obnoxious. Yet I noticed that Jesus clearly instructed his apostles to walk away from those households that are not responsive to the truth about him. See, it doesn't work. You cannot persuade somebody. You cannot wear them down with the gospel. You're just going to be a poor testimony because they'll figure you are really, really obnoxious. Now, what we ought to learn from from this command to the apostles is there does come a point in evangelizing unresponsive people when we do need to stop witnessing to them and we move on to others who might be receptive. But the question is, how do we know when that time arrives? How do we know when we ought to move on? Because we certainly don't want to prematurely stop witnessing to somebody. Well, here's the key. Here's the key to knowing when to walk away from a witnessing situation. It is to understand the attitude of the person that you're speaking to. You see, Jesus wasn't commanding the apostles to stop sharing the gospel with those who were just a little slow to comprehend it, didn't quite understand it, or or people who were even mildly resistant to the gospel. If that were the case, then none of us could ever have been saved. Because we all, to a certain point, resisted the gospel when we first heard it. I I know I certainly did. It took about six months for me from the time that a friend began to tell me about Christ until I understood my need for him. It took about six months 
from the time I first heard about Jesus to the time I saw my need for him. And I thank God for that person. I thank God for the person who shared Christ with me, who didn't withdraw from me, even though I was quite slow to grasp the gospel. And I was resistant to it. And on top of that, I was, I was obnoxious. I know you can't believe that, but it's true. And the same thing could be said of each of us who've come to, to Christ. God in his mercy was extremely patient with us and, and sent someone who lovingly and persistently kept sharing the gospel with us until God opened our hearts and our understanding to Christ. So we need to understand that Jesus wasn't telling these apostles, nor is he telling us to stop witnessing to those who are not instantly responsive to him. Oh, I've given you an opportunity. You had 10 minutes. I'm sorry, I'm moving on. That's not what he's saying at all. What kind of people then is he telling us to withdraw from? Now listen closely. The same kind of people the apostles were told to withdraw from. Listen closely. These people that he's talking about are those who are firmly resistant, defiant, and strongly opposed to Christ. Now, why do I say that? Remember who he sent the apostles to? The Jewish people of Galilee who had plenty of exposure to Christ. Jesus himself had had ministered to these folks. Jesus had done miracle after miracle in their midst. Jesus had healed many. He cast out demons. He taught. Jesus was one of them, a Jew of Galilee. So these people were very familiar with Jesus. Everybody there knew about Jesus. This wasn't, uh, these weren't new folks who were hearing the gospel for the first time. This wasn't new information. These people had a great deal of exposure to Christ and his message. These were the people who heard the Sermon on the Mount. It was given in the Galilee area. It wasn't given right, uh, well, it was given on the Sea of Galilee. It wasn't given right in Capernaum, but it was given in another area, an area that's, that's known today as the Mount of Beatitudes. It was, it was that area. They heard his teaching. They saw his miracles. So these people knew a lot about Christ, and the apostles knew this. So when it would become obvious to the apostles which individuals had set their defiant hearts against Christ, they then were to follow the Lord's instruction to no longer witness to them. And folks, here's the point of application for all of us. Just like the apostles, we also need to make sure that we don't continue to witness to those who are hardened in their stubborn resistance to the gospel. Back in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Jesus referred to witnessing to people who are openly resistant and hostile individuals. He said, don't throw your pearls before what? Swine. Don't throw these, the pearls. In other words, he told us, don't take the precious pearls or the precious truths of the gospel and give it to people who act like pigs in trampling them down in mockery and ridicule and scorn. Don't keep witnessing to people who enjoy tormenting you. Who, who ridicule the gospel. The gospel is too precious to let it be purposely trampled through the mud. If you see someone like that, move on. They've heard the gospel. They've, they've heard it. They don't want to listen to you anyway. They, they just want to ridicule you. Those are the people Jesus told his disciples to leave. Just ignore them. Walk away and move on to someone more receptive. He was training the 12 men who would be his apostles, and he was also giving us important instructions in how we ought to witness. You have planted a seed. Move on now and plant some more, and watch to see what the Holy Spirit does with those seeds. We're glad you could join us for Verse by Verse. It's a daily Bible class of the air led by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff. 
Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse Ministries makes his messages available over the air thanks to this radio station and the generous gifts and prayers of interested listeners. As always, we encourage you to give first to your local church before considering other ministries. Our class today was the middle part of a three-part message. If you would like to hear the entire message without announcements, you can order it on CD or cassette. Just call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. Perhaps you have a friend who would like to listen, but does not have access to a radio at the right time of day. These lessons are also available on our website, versebyverseradio.org. Feel free to download for listening later or just listen online. You might even like to take advantage of our free podcasting service or our complimentary newsletter. You will find all of that and more at versebyverseradio.org. These days it has become popular to stress God's love and minimize His judgment. But God will judge the world. The good news is that Christ died on the cross to save us. But from what? His sacrifice was of infinite value, so that should tell us that the penalty it covered was of... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.